Welcome to An Authentic Life, your approachable guide to the imperfect journey of self-empowerment, holistic health, and genuine happiness with me, nutritional medicine practitioner, Miranda Partridge. Together, we'll learn more about ourselves, challenge our limiting beliefs, and foster unconditional self-love with curiosity, experimentation, and a dash of dork to find what it really means to live an authentic life. Hello friends, welcome to episode six of An Authentic Life. Today on the podcast, I have the wonderful Mickey Old. She's a hairdresser based in West End in Brisbane. She's my hairdresser, but I wanted to have her on the podcast because not only is she a wonderful friend, but she is an incredibly inspiring business owner. Mickey's salon has grown from her hiring a chair in somebody else's salon to her own beautiful, light-filled, plant-filled, inspiring space that is so Instagrammable it hurts in West End over the last few years. And it's been so inspiring to see how her business has grown. Mickey has this beautiful eye for detail and if you have a flick through her Instagram, you'll just see how beautiful it is and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But if you listened to episode four, where I interviewed Bronwyn Bailey from Dr. Bron Osteo, you would have heard us fangirling about her a little bit because we're both friends with her and we both love her so much. But she's definitely more than just a creative. She is a very organized, hardworking and inspired human being. She's authentic. She works on her stuff. And if there's something that she doesn't know, she does the work to find out more about it. And that's what I love about her. She's happy to own her flaws and own her mistakes and realizes that showing that she is human is what creates connection. And that is really what has made her business model really work for her. And before I get into a little bit more about what is going to be shared in this interview, I just wanted to share a beautiful infographic that Mickey created a couple of months ago. It's a Venn diagram and it's got three circles that are overlapping as they do in a Venn diagram. And one circle says therapist, one circle says magician, one circle says scientist, and in the middle where all three overlap, it says hairdresser. All of us want to go to a hairdresser that makes us feel good. And I know in the past I've been to so many shit hairdressers, honestly. And Mickey is not a hairdresser who makes you feel like crap. I've had bad haircuts. I've been insulted and been told my hair looks mushroomy before, whatever the heck that means. I feel like we've all had at least one bad haircut in our life. Um, And sometimes that comes down to personal responsibility. But oftentimes in my case, I've had some terrible haircuts just by people who aren't willing to listen to me or understand what it is that I actually want, or I've just done a terrible job. And Mickey's certainly not one of those sort of hairdressers. I just want to quickly share a little story about Mickey before we get into all of this to give you an idea about that. Last year, I was texting Mickey about, I don't even know what, I think we were just checking in with each other and she was asking me how I was going. And I was a little bit overwhelmed. I was a bit tired. I was feeling really flat. 
Um, I was at that stage where I'd had all of my breastfeeding hair loss and I was starting to get the tufty baby hairs that grow back happen and they were sticking up on my head and I just just generally didn't feel very good about my flat stringy hair and she offered for me to come into her salon and her apprentice would give me a blow dry and for no charge just as a beautiful gift because that's the sort of human being that she is. And so we organized a date and a time. And when I rocked up, I arrived. This was at her salon that was in Woolongabba. I arrived with my pram and my baby. And Mickey was very surprised to see me, which I was sort of shocked about. But anyway, I sat in there and I had my blow dry and had my little chat with Mickey. And I felt amazing. Like my hair looked so beautiful. And then the next week, I got a notification from my calendar on my phone that I had an appointment at the salon to get a blow dry. (laughs) And it all hit me that, oh dear God, I'd gone in a complete week earlier and completely got the date wrong. (laughs) Not the time, got the date wrong. And instead of pointing that out to me, Mickey just made it happen anyway and fit me in. And she didn't say a word. She just made me feel pampered and looked after me and didn't bat an eyelid about the fact that I had come a week earlier. And when I messaged her about it, she was like, yeah, I figured that you might have been a bit tired. So (laughs) she um, didn't even want to make a big deal about it. And it was just a really lovely thing to do. And I just wanted to share that about her because I suppose when we look at people's Instagram accounts, you can make a lot of assumptions about a person. And especially if someone is a hairdresser, you can really make assumptions about them possibly being quite superficial. I think it's awesome that Mickey has created a space for people who have the same sort of beliefs as her. She's not about perpetuating unhealthy beauty standards as she talks about in this episode. And it's easy to see why her salon has thrived the way that it has based on who she is and the standards that are so important to her because it is a huge point of difference in the industry that she's in. In this episode, we talk about mental health a little bit. We do talk about self-care. We talk about a few things from a business point of view that are really important, things like systems and being authentic and vulnerability and all of that sort of juicy, juicy stuff. And we even talk a bit about social media and how she manages to have seriously one of the most beautiful Instagram accounts in four hours a week. That's all she puts on it, which is pretty amazing. I will warn you that there is some language in this episode, so if you have kids listening, please be mindful of that. And the topic of sex does come up as well. But I am so grateful that Mickey joined me in on this conversation. It was such a thought-provoking conversation, and I got a lot out of it. I'm sure you will too. So without further ado, Mickey Ald. I have Mickey Ald here. Welcome to the podcast, my darling. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. What a nice Sunday morning. It is lovely. How is your head feeling after hearing me and Bron gush about you for 10 minutes? (laughs) I was like, my head feeling, oh my God, what are you going to ask? It was so flattering. It was lovely. I had, um, I was listening to it actually. I was driving back from somewhere. I can't remember where. Where was I? And I had to pull over the car because I was laughing so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> just I was like, oh, I need to just stop and listen to this. It was, yeah, so funny. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. It was a lovely thing to hear, especially because the only reason I put sticks on my wall is because I was broke at the time. <laughs> didn't really have much of a choice. So the fact that you guys appreciate, you know, that and, and my eye for decorating when it just comes out of desperation is is nice so thank you well that's good <laughs> and I love the two of you very much oh, yeah. <laughs> but we obviously love you I think it's we mutual. even like I put a thing on my Instagram actually saying oh do you, does anyone want to guess who I'm gonna have on the podcast it's someone that I fangirl about a lot and then I get a response from Bron it has to be Mickey <laughs> all in capital letters <laughs> I was like shut up yes she knows <laughs> But we're glad that you're here. Yes, no, thanks. This is going to be great. Yes, I'm very excited. Well, I will start off with my first question, which I ask everybody. Uh How did you start your day? This morning I actually slept in, which was so nice. I woke up at 7.30 and, God, what did I even do? I got up, found where Olive was. Most of the time she's sleeping on my housemate's bed because she'll start work really early. And Olive sneaks in there. So I busted her, <laughs> took her so for cute. a little walk and grabbed some coffee. And that's about it, really. Just had a nice shower, listened to some music, and now I'm here. Lovely. Yeah. That sounds so nice. It was nice. It was a nice slow morning. I try to um, do my Sundays differently because every other day of the week I'm up early and am quite regimented, I guess, in how I go about my days. So yeah. it's kind of full on straight from the beginning so it's nice to kind of ease into Sundays so it's lovely and it's rainy which is such a bonus I love rainy weather so I'm very happy why it's so nice I feel like it gives like a totally different vibe to the day when Mm, it's raining it does it's it's kind of like this reassurance that yes you can be very lazy today (laughs) you don't have to do anything wear your pajamas all day long that's fine yeah Listen to really beautiful music and drink lots of tea. Yeah. Yeah. Wear your slippers around the house. It's perfect. I think my favorite days are rainy days, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, so because I grew up in Victoria, we had rainy days all the time. Mm. And I kind of miss them because they're a bit different here. Mm. Like, it's nice in winter, similar to what I'm used to, but, um, and I do love them in summer as well because I love Summer's going out to a thunderstorm. Yes. Oh, isn't that the bit? There's something so electrifying about the energy, like growing up on a farm, like when a storm would come, that was just oh yeah, so exciting. Also because you're getting rain. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> so incredible. Um, but, yeah, there's something about them, so much power in yes. thunderstorms. I love it. And I, I feel like something about – I know Blake's told me about it. Something about like the electrons in the air or something. It's very grounding. But I love if I've had a really stressful day and there's a thunderstorm, like just going out onto the veranda and just kind of being in it. Well, I read um, somewhere in one of Patty Smith's books. I can't remember which one, but she talks about how she loved thun- like loved thun- thunderstorms, and as a child, really loved thunderstorms because she was quite anxious and her mind was going all the time Mm. when it would rain quite heavily it kind of takes you away from your thoughts which was really nice and I felt like I could really resonate with that and I think that's why I love them so much yeah definitely they they bring you back to the present moment and it's like this meditative sort of pitter-pattering it's just so lovely it quietens everything down that's kind of happening on inside yeah so yeah 
Yeah. Did you grow up with a tin roof? Yes. Yeah, me too. I mean, we moved a lot, but most of the time tin roofs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tin roof is just the essential Isn't thing. It? Is this a tin roof? I think it is, but because it, they actually had to replace the roof because when we when we moved in, we realised that there was mould, mm. which is a whole another thing. Okay, but um, yeah, when they they finally got someone on the roof to assess it, and he got up there and he's like, "So I've taken fifty photos of holes, and there's much more, but I'm not going to bother. So we just need to replace the whole roof." He's like, "It's just fucked." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's just like, oh, no. "So I'll tell the real estate like, thanks." Oh god! <laughs> and they replace it, so now it's it's quieter when it rains. Yeah, which is isn't a bad thing, I guess, with the baby. Yeah. You can sometimes hear when it rains it's just not the same oh see the house I'm in now is a tin roof and we've got tin awnings like outside of our windows and my bed head is sort of is up against that window so I can hear the rain on the tin it's so nice but I'm one of those people that will go onto YouTube and search like rain on a tin roof and play it so loudly like through speakers (laughs) if I can't sleep it's I don't I just have to do it It, yeah it just makes me fall asleep instantly I love it, even though I know it's fake. It's yeah, just, it's but good. it sounds it sounds real. Like I have a meditation app. Mm. It's called Meditation Oasis Relax and Rest. I've used it for like seven, eight mm. years, something. And it has different settings, and one of them is a rain setting. And when I first used the app, that was the only setting that I could use for yeah. it. Now okay. I have like a particular song that I have to listen to. I might need to try that. It's a good one. Because with YouTube, you know, then an ad will come up for like DD or something. Yeah. And it's like 3 a.m. Like, oh my God. <laughs> no, this one, it actually has a setting. So you can. You can listen to it with the voice because it's meditation. So you can do it with the voice. You can do it without the voice. And then you can tell it how long you want it to play after the meditation is finished for. Oh, my so God, you can do perfect. it for ages. It's yes. brilliant. Yes. Okay, I need stop. this. It's like my body just wakes up the second it stops. I'm like, well, now you're awake. I've got to search again. Okay, I need this. I'll have yeah. to get that. Yeah. I'll show write it, it down. Yeah. <laughs> well, it will actually be in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So where did you say you grew up? Was it Dolby? No, I grew up in Roma. Roma, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, middle of nowhere. So I was born in Charleville, uh, which is further west of Roma. Yeah, and I haven't even heard of that. In Charleville. In Char- haven't heard that Slim Dusty song? No, but I, my family wasn't really very into Slim Dusty. So. <laughs> that's okay. I'm sure Blake's heard it. I'm sure Blake will play it for me later. Every country person. You know, if you've been to a BNS or I don't know, but... He's somewhat of a legend. My grandfather loved him. Anyway, I was born in Charleville and my family always lived in southwest Queensland, always like around that Maranoa kind of area. But most of my childhood I spent in Roma. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a property in Jalaka, which is about maybe an hour and a bit further east of Roma. But most of the time, like I lived in in town. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we <laughs> say nice. No, I, I love, I love Roma, and it's um, I feel so proud to be from there. Like I love that I had that small town upbringing, and that I'm a country girl, and I think it just kind of you form certain values just from being brought up in that sort of community. And yeah, I just I really adore it. I love the country. So yeah, it's good. It is good. Yes, I I grew up like half in the country and half not. So mm. I kind of feel like I'm a country kid at heart, but I was also the careful country kid that would follow all of the other kids 
but very slowly and never hurt myself. Yeah. 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 Very considered, like, yes. no, guys. That's fine, though. Everyone needs, you know, one of those people, otherwise it can end badly because country kids are wild. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> you, like, learn to drive at, what, the age of eight and then you're just out in the paddock with a ute and, like, standing on the back and going through, like, mud and it's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty horrifying at times so I don't know you just don't care so it's good to have that you know the careful person there I think I was probably the same actually yeah I don't know why I think I just had like very strict grandparents so I have to be very careful oh true yeah yeah thanks man (laughs) (laughs) it's boring at the time but oh yeah isn't it though necessary because yeah things can go wrong like you have the freedom to just explore and I don't I don't know it's it's interesting. Life in the city is very different. And I think kids that grow up in the city just have a very different experience. Like you don't have that same sort of freedom, um, yeah. but also that, that responsibility of like, yeah, you've got to really kind of take care of yourself <laughs> and you've true. got to be really careful. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's sort of that, like that boredom doesn't really happen when you live in the city either mm. like you have to find ways to entertain yourself exactly. in the country yeah you really do definitely I was actually talking to my client about this yesterday she was from outside of Emerald and we would you know because I think a lot of people ask me all the time like a, a question that I get asked a lot is you know what did you do for fun when you were out there but you just have to make your own fun and I think when people because people comment on how I'm creative and like all these different ways but I think I just learned that from such a young age like I think that's where my creativity stems from because I had to entertain myself so yeah kind of gives you that freedom in which to like explore and you create your own worlds out there and I don't know yeah you've got to come up with ways it's true though to make fun you are very creative though I I know I commented that on the email that I sent you but I was very surprised when you started like playing the guitar and singing I was Terribly. like is there anything no. that she cannot do yeah I can't play the guitar <laughs> yes, so, no like I can pick I've got maybe eight chords under my belt and my transition is terrible. So I oh, can't do it. Well, <laughs> well your voice is magical no. and that's eight chords more than me. Oh, <laughs> thank you. No, it's fun. It's just like a, but you know, that too, that came from, I think, out there, growing up out there and just being bored as batshit, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. Just started singing and there's something to do. That's so, so good though. Yeah. Like I'm going on on tangents. That's what we're all about here. <laughs> Good. You listened to what, the one with Bron. That's what we did the whole time. <laughs> yeah. You're like the recording actually went for seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find hairdressing? Was it when you were out there in Roma, or no? So it happened really unexpectedly. So halfway through grade twelve, we moved to Toowoomba, and I went to an all girls school. So I'd grown up. Obviously, yeah, my whole life out there, went to a co-ed school, loved my school as well. And yeah, leaving and going to an all-girls school in a much bigger town was quite scary, especially halfway through grade 12. Yeah. And when I got there, all of the subjects were filled that I wanted to do. So I had to do other subjects to be OP eligible, which may didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time because I knew I was going to do terrible, like terribly in you know some of these subjects. So yeah. I 
yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely had a different kind of plan for myself, I suppose. Didn't end up doing the subjects I wanted, which made it quite difficult. And then also I just found being in an all-girls school horrendous. Jesus Christ. Like, I will never understand same-sex schools. I'm sorry. I don't think it's healthy. I Like, I hate it. I ended up leaving because I thought, well, I'm not here doing the subjects I want to be doing anyway. Yeah. All this other shit was going on, which made it even worse. I just decided to leave and it wasn't until I was 19. So a year that year after school, because I think everyone graduated, it was 2007. I went to Brisbane at the end of 2007. My dad had always lived in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Ended up moving down to live with him. For that first year, I just had no idea. So I just worked odd jobs trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do. And I guess not having that OP or that grade 12 certificate as well kind of made it a bit, you know, it was more difficult. It's like, what am I going to do? Like, I have no idea and I have no idea about how I'm going to go about it because with any of that, your options are quite limited, you know. So I ended up taking a reception role in a salon in Brisbane and eventually they just offered me an apprenticeship and I thought well why not I guess it kind of gives me something it doesn't it, you know it's not what I will do forever I've never thought that hairdressing was something that I would pursue long term yeah to think that I've been in it now for like 11 years yeah. is so crazy but yeah, it was just, it was a choice I made just to, I guess, have something. And honestly, that's how I found it. So <laughs> I don't know. I think people are always asking me when they come into the salon, oh, did you know you always wanted to be a hairdresser? Do you love it? I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question. Because <laughs> no, I did not. I never thought I was going to do hairdressing. But it's it not, kind of found you. It, yeah, it kind of found me and it just kind of happened. And I think when I started working as a hairdresser, I, there were all these things that didn't sit comfortably for me. I mean, it's such a wasteful industry was was one of those things that really rubbed me the wrong way. And yes. I was just like, I don't know. I always felt very conflicted because it went against a lot of my own personal values, mm-hmm. not only like from a sustainability point of view, but also just unhealthy beauty standards and things that I just thought, did not matter like I couldn't understand why people would want to put someone else's hair on their head like and have hair extensions like it just seemed to me to be like such first world problems and I and you're dealing with not so much in the space that I've created like not at all I think I've created something very different and that's kind of come from there being a lack of anything else on offer in the industry yeah but I found it really hard to kind of deal with People and, and how I guess they perceive themselves and a lot of people would project, you know, insecurity onto you and yeah, it was quite a struggle. So I guess why I'm like explaining all of this is because I went into hairdressing unexpectedly, but I think when I saw that there was definitely a gap in the market for something different, that's really what made me stay and that's kind of what has fueled me to create what I have now. I just wanted to hold space for people that, I don't know, I guess were like me that had similar values to me that didn't really have somewhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, that is my roundabout way of explaining how I (laughs) found hairdressing. And I I suppose too, uh, the really cool thing about having a trade is that 
you can take it anywhere. And I knew that I wanted to do time overseas. Yeah. So when I moved to London, you know, it's so simple to find a job if you have something like that under your belt. Yeah. I've lived overseas and, and in many different places with it, and that's been really cool. So That's really cool. Yeah. How long were you in London for? Only about a year. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I don't know, have, have you been to London? Only once. My dad lives over there, but I've only visited him a couple of times. I was there for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a strange place. Like, I'd never been when I moved there. Yeah, I just went up, got up and, and moved and I went alone and not really knowing anyone there either. It's super exciting, obviously a massive city. So it's like, go, go, go all yeah. the time. It's so <laughs> stressful. And the weather, like the cold weather didn't really get me down, but the lack of light in winter is certainly. Yeah, that would be weird. The struggle is real. It's hard. You, you kind of wake up really late because the sun's not coming up until, you know, after 8 o'clock and then it's going down at 3. Oh. So you kind of feel like you're going to bed at 5 o'clock or something and it's really strange, <laughs> that lack of sunshine, especially, you know, being someone from Queensland. Yes. It's a bit of a shock that your whole body's just like, what is this? <laughs> it's a bit like a vampire. But, I mean, it's a really cool place and I think, moving overseas is one of the best things that anyone could do for themselves like I felt like I grew more in a year there than I had grown in 10 years back home because there's something so profound about leaving your comfort zone and everything you know and also your support network like that's the biggest thing when that's when you don't have that and you're just like catapulted into this like completely new environment and you just have to survive and you don't have anyone to call on, there's something so incredible about that. Like it teaches you so much resilience. And I think I just became a lot stronger in myself. But I also formed a much stronger relationship with myself because you have to stop and think, well, I don't know anyone here. Like what do I actually like? Like how am I going to go and meet people that are like me? What do I like to do on weekends? Or (laughs) what kind of hobbies do I have? How can I find people in this massive city? And it's so, it's such a weird thing to experience because back home, you just do what you've always done. Yeah. So it's, it's so bizarre. You have to really like scratch beneath the surface and you just realize all of these things that you have never actually known about yourself or that you've like ignored or you haven't had the space in which to explore them. Yeah. So it can be so invigorating and such an incredible experience. Um, But I guess because I was, I was only like 25, 26, but I knew I wanted to create my own business. So after like a year, I just kind of felt as though I was wasting time over there. Yeah. don't know. It's like, I'm here having a good time, but actually feel exhausted most of the time working so so much I would rather come home create something and then you know from that it will allow me the freedom to be able to like go and come as I please and I'll be able to like curate my own future because travel is something that I want to do yeah forever and I'd like to live overseas again but I don't want to live overseas again stressing about where money's going to come from or you know just working odd jobs or you just feel like you're wandering and not really not immersing yourself deeply enough or you just don't feel comfortable and I know I'm so privileged to even have the um to even be able to think of doing something like that that's 
mean, God, how lucky are we? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you clearly, so this is one thing that Bron and I kept talking about, is how hard you work because <laughs> you do work so flipping Aww, hard. Thanks. And, like, so when I first met you, it was when you were working, you had hired a chair in somebody else's salon or something. Mm. And um, and it was just you. Yeah. And now you have this, like, ridiculously amazing salon. Aww. It's so pretty. Stop. And, like, this whole, like, you've got this beautiful team. It's your girl yes, gang, right? Yes, I do have a beautiful team. Yes, Gorgeous. they are my, they are like my daughters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I so lovely. I love them so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky, you know, but I think as a business owner, you just have to be radiating great energy. Yeah. And you can't fake that. And if you want to attract a really great team, then you have to be good in yourself and just a good like honest transparent person and team is the most important thing like I think people don't realize that sometimes I I went into a shop the other day into this like natural pharmacy so already you think okay what should a natural pharmacy be like oh it should be really nice and wholesome and it'd be a lovely place to work and I don't know a person that owns a store like that must have like good morals and yeah. Be great. And then yeah. the owner comes out and just abuses one of the staff members while I'm standing um, there about boxes not being unpacked properly. And I was like, well, actually, that's a system problem. Like, that's on you. That's <laughs> <your> <laughs> just wanted to say something like, oh, my gosh, you can't talk to people like that. No. Can you not see that that's actually your fault? Like, you do have control to an extent. If that's the way you're, you're, if your staff aren't doing things right, then you've got to measure that or put things in place so things are done properly. Anyway, yeah. sorry, that was off no, it's good though. It's good <laughs> because people don't really talk about it like that, and that's the thing. Like most of us have probably worked in, like you know, the service industry <clears> or <throat> retail or something where you've worked for somebody who, like doesn't see themselves as the issue absolutely and they have to kind of advocate for you as their boss yeah and also you know see themselves as a problem sometimes yeah 100 percent. well I mean and it might sit uncomfortable and you're human so you've got to like allow space for those feelings but when you step away you realize okay what can I do in this situation to ensure that this doesn't happen again and there's always a lesson in it. So whenever anything goes wrong in the salon, it's not that anything goes drastically wrong, but if things aren't done to yeah. a certain standard, always have to reflect and think, well, what haven't I done? Because unfortunately, like you do have to, you really do have to put systems and processes around absolutely every little thing yeah. for it to be done in a consistent way and exactly how you want it to be done because people aren't going to understand that. No. But yeah, in in regards to the the workload, I don't I don't know. I guess I just am wired that way. I think <laughs> I don't know. My grandfather has cancer, and it's quite it's quite vicious, mm. and he has not stopped working for a second in like throughout his entire life. He trains racehorses, and he will still get up now at you know two three o'clock in the morning. And he'll be at the racetrack. And then I went and saw him the other day in Toowoomba, actually, and he'd just gotten home and he never has time to talk. He's like, right, oh, yeah, wow, dude. And I like, wanted to take a photo of him. And he's like, what is it, the camera working? Come on. Like, what are you doing? Like, okay, like, the races are on. We're going to go watch him. Like, he talks like a jockey. It's hilarious. It's like, 100 miles an hour and he just doesn't stop. And it's like, you would not know. And dad's just so worried because he's like, he's got cancer. But 
it won't kill him until Ray decides it's going to kill him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's just the way he is. And I think I'm just, I don't know, I'm, I'm not like that. Like that is, he is absolutely <laughs> madness but, and I love him. But, you know, that's what I'm kind of made up of is yeah. these kinds of people. And so I think I just don't know how, how not to. Yeah. It's good though, like, and it's really inspiring for me because, like, I feel like for me with my business, and we were talking about this before, like, I am totally just making it all up as I go, um, which everybody does, Mm. of course. Yeah. But, mate, like, sometimes I look back on myself only a few years ago and I'm like, there's, you know, there, there was the wanting to do things but I had absolutely no idea what I was doing so I just flailed a lot of the time Mm -hmm. whereas now like I was saying I don't have much time so (laughs) somehow it's all coming together yeah Um, but I I needed that extra sort of motivation of you know having a kid in order to find that within myself whereas you just kind of have that and it's like but it's not even just the work ethic that you have like the like all right, your Instagram is beautiful. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> flattery. Oh, my God. It is, though. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, but it really is. And, like, you can see <clears throat> that, like, how much effort you even put into that because you have all of your themes in there and it has this consistent message. And, like, even from the start when you when it was just you, it's it still had that consistency and it still has that heart that is you, mm. but it's now your whole team and, like, yeah. It's just, it's very inspiring. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I wanted, I guess from the beginning, I wanted people to know that it was different to anything else. And so in order to keep that message quite strong, you know, I do put a lot of effort into what I put out there on social media. And I do put work into it, but I do it in such a way that I time block my days so I don't feel like I'm on there all the time or using a heap of my energy in the beginning I definitely did like it is my biggest form of marketing so I spent a lot of time and energy on trying to get social media right and I feel like if I didn't do that my business wouldn't have grown to what it is today because everyone that comes in has found out about us on social media. But I use certain apps to make it easier and to make it consistent and I schedule all of my posts and, you know, I just put aside a day a week. Generally, it's a Monday. And for a good four hours, I will schedule and develop all of my content for the week ahead. So... It just, it makes it easier that I'm not on there all the time. It's kind of done. I can see what it looks like. I can write up all my captions. I don't engage much, so to speak, on social media. Like I just don't really care. Like people, (laughs) I I, I used to, and then I just burnt out. It's such a time suck. And people um, who have like social media podcasts or that are social media coaches or whatever are, you know, are in that field, they'll tell you that, you have to engage in order to grow on socials. Like you have to be social on socials, which you do, but I also just like my life and I just don't want to force it anymore. Like I just think you can get so caught up in it and in how many likes you get on something or how many followers you have. And I just... I mean, I care about the ones that we do have because I'm very grateful that people, you know, support us. Yeah. But, 
now I'm just at a point, and maybe that's because it's comfortable now. And I'm like, okay, I did two like solid years of trying to build it, and now I'm taking a step back, and we're good, and we're coasting along, and I'm just gonna ride it out, and it can naturally evolve, or it can stay where it is, and I'm quite happy. So that's so nice. It is nice because it can be so exhausting, and you can get so caught up. Yeah, you can. In it. But even you know, I've had times where I've felt really conflicted because. I guess I like it's easier to you you're a product of your environment right so if I was getting a certain like a certain amount of engagement for a certain post like when I did those inspirational women throughout history mm-hmm. um, tutorials which was like really fun but then I just kind of sat back and I thought I'm just kind of fueling this idea or these I guess expectations of what's beautiful and what's been seen as beautiful like throughout history I'm, I'm doing my hair like people like Bridget Bardo or I don't know Sharon Tate who was and all these women are amazing yeah so it's like I feel like I'm not adding value okay I don't know by doing these it felt a bit surface for me yeah so I still feel very <laughs> conflicted at times and I'm still like this isn't true to you or who you are like this isn't really I don't know it felt like it wasn't deep enough for me maybe yeah. I don't yeah. know. Thought a bit. I mean, I'm not I, sure. Maybe because I never do my hair. Probably. I mean, I never do. My hair. I straightened my hair for you, my darling. Let's <laughs> be. <laughs> I did not do anything to my beard. I'm sorry. I, had to I washed it yesterday. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. It looks lush. Yeah. Feels like it's all falling apart. Got so many dry ends, but you know, it's long. And look at my yeah. undercuts growing out. Yeah. Wow. It is. How fun are undercuts? They're so good. So well, the growing out stage is a bit short. Yeah, yeah. Well, I probably should have started growing it out when my hair was a little bit shorter. Oh, yeah. But I had, there was one point where I had like this mullet. My hair was longer than it is now, and both sides of my head were completely shaved all the way down to the back. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a time. I was, I was going through a, a phase. <laughs> but um, growing that out was horrendous because yeah. it was just like puff out. I looked like a, I don't even know what it looked like. It's some sort of marsupial. It just these little like, fluffy ears. It was so bad. So, I had the one side that mm. was. I think that was before I met you. I had that done. Yeah, a couple of months before too. I met Blake, actually. So I had the side, but the way that they'd done it is they'd cut it so that I could have my hair over oh, yeah, it, right over the top, so you couldn't see unless I wanted you to see mm. it. So it wasn't too bad, but, yeah, growing it out was annoying because I still wanted to have my undercut. But having that undercut, that was the longest I'd had an undercut. I'd had one earlier when I was 22, like a year. But this one I had for, like, three or four years. Yeah. I had it at my wedding and everything. But how exhilarating is it, something. shaving your head? There's something about it. I think everyone, every woman should do it. Go out and shave your head. I, I want to, like, legit shave my head. I know. When my... One of my best friends, Rachel, you know. Yes, Rachel. oh my god, she's so gorgeous. Isn't she? Oh. She's ridiculous. I like, know. How do you she's honestly stunning. Oh, she never wears like an ounce of makeup, has a shaved head. Yeah. And she's just beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's gorgeous. But she just pulls it off. And I feel like I've been talking about it for longer than she had, and I've not done it, and now <laughs> she's got to done it. <laughs> it was so funny because I was in Melbourne at the time, and Rach can be a bit impulsive, not in a bad way. She'll just like make her mind up about something's yeah. got to happen then and there, yeah. and then she can't get it out of her head. 
And so she like called me and she's like, I'm coming around, you're shaving my head. And I was like, I'm in Melbourne. Like, I'm, I can't do it. You have to go to the salon. And she was just having this meltdown. <laughs> she's just like filming herself so I can see it as she's doing it. She's just, oh, that's cute. She's like, where are you? I was like, I can't help that you're this erratic. Like, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that you were going to shave your head today. I'm sorry. I'm in a different state. You just have to get any to do it. That's and so he was funny. like, why the fuck are you putting this on me? Like, why do I have to want to shave Rachel's head? She's having a moment. Like, she's being raped. But she, um, she's had it for what, like two years now? And it's, yeah. it's amazing. It suits her so much. It really does. Yeah. Gorgeous. I absolutely love it. Well, I was saying this a couple of months ago, and I think it was around the time that you got me onto her account. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I was saying to, to Blake, you know, I always said that one day, like, well, I actually said that I would, like, grow my hair as long as I possibly could and get married with really long hair, but it wasn't as long as I wanted it to be. But mm. then after getting married that I would shave my head. But I've decided now, either after the next baby or the last baby, because I want to have three, mm. that um, when my hair gets to that stage where it starts to fall out, then yeah. I'll just shave it all off. Yeah. So I really want to do that. But I think older women... Not that you'll be like, I, but you know, <laughs> as you get older and you grow into yourself, I think when you've got really short hair, it's so striking. Like, yeah. I think people try and hold on to, you know, whatever it was that they once looked like with like longer hair. When in fact, I think it'd just be awesome to rock it. And yeah. you, know, you don't need like that short, like mum bob or anything, but no. just go and do something radical. Like, yes. I think that. As you get older, you just become more womanly and so much, I don't know, more in touch with yourself and you just don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. So my mum did it. I remember I would have been eight or nine and I think mum and dad had been divorced for like a year or so and um, and we lived in Melbourne and mum was, I think she was staying with her mum in Melbourne or something like that mm. on the other side of Melbourne. Anyway, she'd come to pick us up and I didn't know that she'd had a haircut and I opened the door and there's this lady with, like, really short dark hair and I nearly shut the door on my mom's How face crazy. because I didn't know it was her. And she Funny. looked amazing. Yes. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. And my sister, when my sister was 15, shaved her head for that shave for a cure mm. thing. And she still doesn't like the way that she looked, but I thought she looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She looked so cute. Yeah. and. Um, so I've always said that I've, I've got to at least do it once, but I really want to get my hair as long as I possibly can mm-hmm. before I do it because then it's like even more yeah. crazy. <laughs> just, to, just enjoy it. Yeah. I think too if I shave my head now, I'm starting to get greys. Like they're coming through my eyebrows. I'm like thanks, Dad, for, for that. <laughs> so, if I shaved it, I know it's going to come back. Yeah. I'm like, am I ready for that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to cover it up. I want to let, you know, be what's going to be. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to speed up the process of <laughs> shaving all my head off. I, I don't know what's going to what's gonna come anyway. Yeah. But, no, I think people look beautiful. Women look beautiful with, yeah. um, with shaved heads. So one of my friends, she's in Amsterdam at the moment, and I do her mum's hair, but I hadn't seen her mum in a while because she's been quite sick with breast cancer breast cancer mm-hmm. but came in the other week and yeah has obviously lost all of her hair but yeah. looks so amazing yeah I said to her like this is you I love that cancer's <laughs> given that to you like that's a that's a positive in the situation I yeah, suppose like sure. such an awful awful thing to go through yeah. but like you look 
so incredible. It's just like what she's come out as is just this, I don't know, she's just glowing. She looks incredible. She looks amazing, like fearless or something. Yeah. Oh, that's so so good. It's it's really cool. It's like you need to keep the shaved head. (laughs) So nice. Anyway, how did we get on the shaved heads? We were talking about (laughs) undercuts or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I think that that's good because, um, at least in Queensland, if you've got a shaved head, it's fine because it's not cold. Mm, mm. <laughs> I have to wear a hat, but other than that, like just you to do, not get sunburned. But you do notice how much more you sweat, though. Yeah, because you don't have the rest of your hair to like to True. absorb it and catch it. So you just feel like it starts feeding, and that's a bit gross. But like running down your face. <laughs> I don't know. I noticed that. Yeah, how much I how much I sweat by having no hair. Yeah, but that's natural, isn't it? It is natural, yeah. I'm I'm all about like, well, I, I use natural beard and everything. I'm a nutritional yeah. medicine practitioner. I can't help myself. But, yeah, like I think we ha- need to embrace like normal bodily functions mm. like sweating and, mm. and bleeding when you have your period and yeah. all of that. Oh, sort of definitely. Rachel would love this right now. I go to Rachel's. If I've forgotten my deodorant, she'll give me some weird crystal bar thing. I'm like, this doesn't do shit. Like, what's the point of using this? And she's like, sweat is natural, babe. It's natural to sweat. <laughs> I love the way she talks. She's, she's so, so soft. Oh, she's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. So Rachel is a sexologist yeah, as well. Yeah, we should probably point that out. Yes. Um, and she's actually doing a, um, a, a talk at, at sundown, right? So, yeah, she's doing a women's sexuality event on the when is it 19th of july it's a sunday i think it'll go for two or three hours and it's all about women's sexuality desire and pleasure and the female anatomy so i'm a bit excited i'm excited too i really want to go i just have to double check what time it's going to be on baby yes (laughs) i think it starts at four and goes until seven Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Okay, I'll buy my ticket today. Because we, we didn't want it too late. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just a nice Sunday afternoon, you know, thing to do. But I'm going to have a live with her Tuesday. So I'm kind of, we're in the future right now. So yeah, so this will, mm, I don't, I don't even know what the date will be. Well, are you going to save the live? Yeah, I'll save the yeah, live. So actually. the live will be saved. So yeah. I'll put a link to that. Oh, That's cool. Fine. Thank you. That would be awesome. Yeah. Because she'll sort of be talking about what it is that she does and what, you know, you can expect to learn at, at this event. Because it could seem a bit scary for some people, I think. Yeah, I think so. It's like, is it going to be a weird women's circle where we end up chanting and taking our clothes off? <laughs> With, which, with Rachel, you never know. It's true. <laughs> she has advised me that there will be nothing of that nature <laughs> because I will not allow it for myself. Like I'm, I'm the one that gets nervy about that sort of thing. Yeah, that's so cute. <laughs> Have you seen the episode? You probably don't because I know you don't watch TV, too much TV, but um, Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop thing, they, they had Goop Lab on Netflix and they actually had an episode where they got um she must have been a sexologist or something on there and they actually um went through the anatomy and 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 actually literally showed someone masturbating and climaxing on on camera with the guidance of this woman right um to just basically showcase sexuality and stuff like that it won't be like that (laughs) it will not be like that no no, I don't think so. I, I actually, really I tried to watch that 
Group series because I don't have a Netflix account, but I use my good friend Jess's. Yeah. I like screw up her um her like algorithm, I suppose. She's like, What's this weird shit you're watching on my account? <laughs> <laughs> um I don't I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. I liked the first episode and then I skipped straight to that episode and I yeah. you're like, it. show me the good stuff. Basically. Because <laughs> yeah, the first episode's all about like I think they take mushrooms. Yeah, psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. that um, one was a really good episode. And, yeah, I really should watch the rest of it, though, because it's definitely stuff that's all up my alley. Yeah. I, know. I just don't know about wealthy Hollywood people exploring <laughs> that sort of. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if I believe it. I actually got a Gaia account. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I've signed up and I've, like, cancelled it, like, three times, I think, but. There's some interesting stuff. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt. You're yeah. Like, this is a bit, <laughs> a bit strange. Well, some of it's weird. <laughs> some of it's a bit weird. Yeah, you're like, I don't know if this is a reliable source. It's like, you have just unearthed this, like, civilization that existed, you know, predates pyramids and they were definitely <laughs> aliens and I, I don't even, yeah, you're like, I don't, I don't know what, what this yeah. is. What am I watching? I know. No, Blake <laughs> loves that sort of stuff. But, again, he doesn't watch TV. But yeah. if, if he was, he would be all, all up in that. All Whereas I'm just like, um, I really just want to watch something, like, that's going to drop my brain. provoking. Yeah. Well, you just, sometimes you just need to, like, take the time out, you know, and just watch something funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, and that's totally fine as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that question was, but I don't think that was even a question. I think we were just still talking about Rachel. Like, Rachel, <laughs> this is what happens when you mention Rage. Well, I'm actually going to um, look in with her. I told her the cool. other day. Yeah. Um, because I had a like a call with her ages ago, and mm. then I went to one of her with women's circles on Zoom. Yes. Um, and I, yeah, basically I've got like a whole bunch of sensitivity happening since giving birth. Mm. It just stings. It's so freaking annoying. Yeah. Just like, just see if you can do something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. She's the best person to talk to. Yeah. So I'm a bit nervous, but I'm sure it'll be fine. But I want to, I want to go to her workshop anyway. Yes. I think it'll be fun. I'm excited. Me too. How do you balance running your business slash brand with the rest of your life and what does your self-care look like? So for me, I've definitely realised the importance of routine and discipline because I think you have to mirror your business. So if you want your business to be, I don't know, to have solid foundations and to be organised and to be growing, you know, in leaps and bounds, then you have to emulate emulate that really. Yeah. Um, so for me, routine is really important and having healthy practices is really, really important. So I have a bunch. I think the biggest one is exercise. For someone who has struggled through quite severe anxiety and depression, um, taking care of my physical health has definitely helped my mental health as well. And that I think is what allows me to kind of work at yeah. such a huge you know capacity um so of a morning I'll wake up quite early and the first thing I do is I'll go and do a gym class and I do so many different things so I make sure that there's balance in it mm-hmm. so I'll run or I'll do yoga or I'll do like <clears throat> a spin class or I'll do pilates 
it just depends whatever I'm feeling in my body is what I'll do for the day and then I'll come home and I take Olive for a big walk I don't know if that's more my self-care or well actually it's her self-care but like I would pay for it if I didn't take her she's got so much energy so I have to take her for a good 45 minutes in the morning so that already is kind of like two and a half hours every morning where I don't really have the time like I can't work within that time frame so when I go to the gym I'll generally be listening to music which is a huge self-care ritual for me music is something that I love so much and it is my way of switching off and just like feeling into my body and just I don't know it just takes me away from all the rubbish that's happening in the world which is awesome so yeah those things I eat really well I always have um my mum was quite strict with diet and natural living so I think I kind of had that deeply ingrained in me from such a young age so I think diet has played a huge part and then I don't know treat myself to a massage now and then and I love baths yeah yeah baths are good yeah like dry body brushing baths and like body oils and stuff like I really love that that's like a ritual in itself but it's all about those like little rituals like even tarot or oracle cards burning like palo santo or something like that i love all those things kind of just makes you present yeah i don't know yeah because i think like i can definitely get into like the wooey stuff but i'm also so i don't know i'm so logical for someone that's like really into that kind of stuff (laughs) but for me it's about how it just makes me present in the moment and i can just take a second to set myself up for the day or to wind down from a busy day and I don't know if you like list things that you're grateful for during those practices or you just can take a moment to reflect on things you know I just love all of yeah all of that that's all really lovely I like all of that is that okay I was like, oh. that's fantastic are you kidding <laughs> I need me to like make you proud <laughs> I need to show you that I can actually slow down and I do have healthy habits. (laughs) Oh, hilarious. (laughs) I also drink way too much coffee. Yeah. That's something I need to work on. (laughs) Are you still vegan? No. So I, um, I ate fish when I was in Egypt. Yeah. So my first fish in like years was from the Nile I thought that was quite wow I was like oh this is fun (laughs) so yeah when I was down in Aswan and then from that point I've just I started eating seafood again I was having so many gut issues yeah I think eating more vegetables is so important and it's so important to be aware but you also need to do what feels right in your body and I think just the way that my body is I just had so many issues digestive issues and lots more it just kind of I felt like I was experiencing inflammation in my body yeah um and too many grains and also like lentils and beans and yeah legumes I can't do too much of that most people can't unfortunately and I'm finding a lot of vegans are finding that as well with their digestion like I don't know if you're are aware but there was like a whole bunch of youtubers last year that were vegan that came out as i'm not vegan anymore and oh, it was this huge no. thing there was a lot of hate towards them and a lot of love towards them 
Um, yeah. A lot of them lost heaps of followers from it because, you know, they're not vegan yeah. anymore, but most of them did it for digestive reasons. Mm. And, I mean, legumes themselves are pretty hard to digest. You've got to, like, soak them for 24 <clears throat> hours at least and then rinse them and cook them and then rinse them again. And, and it, like, a lot of things that I notice, like, there's, like, a chocolate mousse recipe which you use, like, the the frothy water that comes from a tin of chickpeas. Oh, like aquafaba. Yeah, that stuff. Like, that mm. itself is phytic acid, which is what makes you really gassy. It's a poison. Really? That, yeah, that the, the plant Shit, I definitely produces. went to town on that stuff when I was vegan. So yeah, so that's the thing stuff. most people do because, like, I mean, it's a plant and, you know, you think it's healthy, but ev- everything in nature has, and, like, anything that you put into your body can have a, a detrimental effect. Like, you, you can have too much water mm. um, and things like that. But, yeah, the aquafaba is literally just phytic acid and it's this poison that legumes and some grains and sometimes seeds as well produce to make you sick so that you don't eat too much of it Mm. and when you're eating like heaps of legumes Mm. you're you're eating technically too much Mm. I always like to have a little bit of them and stuff like that but Mm. yeah it definitely can take its toll yeah I think it's just about balance and yeah it was a bit hard because having a sustainable salon obviously we attract a lot of people that are sustainably focused and a lot of which, you know, are vegans. Yeah. And so I think they, people come in and, and ask me, oh, so you're vegan? And when I say no, can, I don't know, I'm like, oh, I'm not a fraud though. Like, <laughs> you, know, you can kind of feel like you are in a way. It can be so restrictive. Like yeah. you're kind of put in a category and not, it, not everyone is like that. Not everyone has yeah. that approach towards veganism. But I think choosing to be even with yourself you can feel quite strict on yourself anyway yeah but then there is that fear of being judged I think when you do relax it a little bit yeah but I think you've just got to source good good produce where you can support local and do what's right for your body yeah yeah I agree yeah I think the reality is like we're all doing our best and if veganism works for you that's awesome Mm. but I don't think that we should ever be taking the place of judging other people by how they eat yeah because no it doesn't really affect us no way and I do understand like from from a sustainability standpoint there is the belief that eating vegan is going to be better for the environment but there are some studies out there that contradict that and I do believe that like if if we're supporting local businesses, local farmers, organic farmers, people that have really like strict practices with how they Mm. farm, like that's going to have a benefit for the environment too. And generally when you're eating that high quality and you're like putting that much money, you're not going to be wastefully consuming the meat either, which is really important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Every little bit makes a difference. And I think it's all just about being conscious and, I really, you know, when I was in Egypt as well, they're giving you fish and naturally, uh, well, just by default, Egyptians, a lot of Egyptians are vegan Mm -hmm. because they're so poor and they can't afford meat. So when they're offering you fish, which is such, I think it's not really a delicacy, but it is, you would have to be more privileged than a lot of other, you know, locals to be able to have access to, to fish. Yeah. I just had this moment where I was like, 
I choose to eat vegan, but I'm so privileged. Like I can't say no to yeah to eating fish. Like that's you know, it's so I would just feel so wrong about that. And also, I felt conflicted about it because you know, being a country kid and my family were cattle farmers mm. and they worked so hard and loved their cattle yeah. and really care about their land. So I feel a bit uneasy when people can attack farmers yeah. um, because I'm like, unless you've lived through that, if, God, if you knew the struggle of being a farmer, yeah. until you've done that, I just don't think you can really have such a strong opinion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to, like, upset anyone, but it just kind of rubs me up the wrong way. It's um, true, though, and a lot of, like, a lot of people's, especially in this country, a lot of people's opinions on farming is based on what happens in the US. Mm. And while a lot of the practices get adopted here, like, even for the feedlot cows, like, some of them are only finished as feedlot cows, but most of them aren't really seeing the feedlot. They might have the grain right at the end, you know, at the mm. abattoir or whatever. But generally, like our farming practices are so much better in this country than yeah. they are. Yeah. My uh, my ex-boyfriend worked for JBS Swift, which is the biggest meat mm. producing company in the world. He was their environmental officer. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I, I learned a lot. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Like Beef City. He told me about Beef City, which is, is that out near Toowoomba? Is that out near Dolby? I don't know. I think it's out that way anyway. I don't know. But I know I know it's in Queensland. I know it's called Beef City. Yeah. Um, I've definitely heard of it. I'm yeah. Just, and that's sure a huge feedlot, but I'm pretty sure that most of the cows there are finished on feedlot. They're mm. not there their whole life. Mm. You know, ideally you don't want them there at all, but then I could go into the nutrition of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying on from that. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, I think I – think, I think the way that you're approaching it is really good too because you're just listening to your body hmm. and listening to like your own values and that sort of thing, which I think is so important. And I really want to encourage more people to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like even with Olive and I mean this might, like would seem super wanky, but I make sure I buy, I'll go to West End markets usually and I'll get um, mints. It's beef from Chinchilla. Yep. So they're grass-fed and it's an organic farm. It's expensive, but for the rest of like, I live pretty frugally really with so many other things in my life. And I'm like, if I can make better decisions when it comes to food, yeah. then I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know? And I like, I don't really, I don't eat meat outside of fish. So, yeah. like my, you know, I, I live more frugally than my dog. She has a nicer <laughs> diet than me. <laughs> she has, you know, grass-fed beef and, yeah. and free-range eggs from, like, my grandfather. Oh, that's and awesome. I just eat pre-packaged salad from Aldi with Gina <laughs> most of the time, which isn't great. I shouldn't mention that. <laughs> hey, at least we got it, It's laziness. <laughs> yeah, it's time for and just I can't be bothered. Yeah, so. we we feed Ziggy quite well as well. I should actually get you onto them. Um, so my friends own a company called Wonelli, mm. and they get all as much organic meat as they possibly can, and and produce as well. So they get vegetables and they ferment them. They lacto ferment them, and they call it Nelly Belly because their dog's name is Nelly. I've heard of Nelly Belly. Yeah. So they put the Nelly Belly into. It's called Wonelli. Mm-hmm. But they put the Nelly Belly in, so it's like nice fermented. It's got some buckwheat in there and and all that. It's really Yum. nutritionally balanced. That's good. 
and they make it, they hand make it themselves, they hand grind it themselves and everything. Oh, I should do that actually. They're really lovely and I'm going to get them on the podcast as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they're very, obviously very passionate and um, my friend Tori is a nutritionist and her husband, Jimmy, um, both of them are chefs mm-hmm. and so, and they just love their dog and yeah. created this whole thing out of it. Is that like the bath diet? Is that yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I started feeding Oliver bath diet until I was like, this takes way too much time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we just buy it and it comes frozen. Nice. And yeah, you don't have to do any of the prep. And, and all of their packaging is sustainable as well. So awesome. it's like um, compostable and they've now started shipping it in boxes that have this whole – it's a whole thing. They're very good. Cool. Yeah, all right. Them. I will check it out. I've definitely looked at it. I've just – lazy but i will follow <laughs> well they deliver so excellent <laughs> definitely need that all right what are the biggest lessons you've learned from running and growing your own business or what has it taught you about yourself so i think like i was saying before the importance of a routine um and having discipline is definitely one of the greatest things i've learned from having a business i think i just realized that i am capable of so much more than i ever thought i was capable of but also, and it sounds like a, a bit of a cliche, you are only capable, you know, of what yeah. you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> so I have had to grow in so many different areas and in places that did not really come naturally for me, like, the, I don't know, the business sides, side of things, the back end, that, you know, because I am – I guess, quite creative. So I love kind of coming up with these ideas and that comes quite naturally. The business stuff, not so much, but I've been so surprised as to how much I actually enjoy that. And I'm actually enjoying it more so than doing any of the technical work now. And it's incredible. It's just like if you put energy into a different area, you can become, you know, you can be great at, at anything, but it just requires dedication and so much hard work um but it's so worthwhile I think I've grown so much as a person I'm so different to the person I was even two years ago I think I've become so much more logical and I take my time with things like I know it would seem like at times I don't because I I generate ideas and I'm quick to execute them but I really do think things through and I don't know it's just kind of forced me to to just be comfortable where I am now and to try and I guess do the best I can in whatever that is whatever I'm dealing with now and then whatever will come later will just kind of flow naturally but I think it is out of just being a bit more considered and and slowing down and just getting as much information as you can and being a lot more logical in my approach instead of reactive, which is something that I think that was how I used to function. Like I would be quite reactive and quite emotional. And that has really switched in me. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's it's really cool. I think I just realized like I do have the power to rewire my brain. And I, you know, I haven't mastered it, but I am getting so much better. And I feel like it's yeah, it's it's so interesting. It's it's taught me a lot. It's kind of been such a huge challenge, but it's made me healthier and better in so many ways, um, especially with my mental health. So I think Yay. that's probably 
Yeah, the biggest thing. That's so good. Yeah. Oh. It's cool. It's really, really cool. I used to get so anxious, so overwhelmed. I used to worry a lot. I guess I let my life kind of control me yeah. um, instead of vice versa. And now I just realize like it is just about how I choose to deal with problems and how I go about things. And I am actually at the core of my happiness, but I am actually at the core of all of my problems. Like I can choose how I want to deal with all of those things. So I think it's just taught me to like strip things back and to, I don't know, see opportunity in times of, um, you know, struggle. And yeah, yeah, it's made me a lot more resilient. That's awesome. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So do you have any like plans for where Mikiel hairdressing is going to take you or what you want to do next? I guess it takes, it looks different at different stages. So I'm just going to go with what feels right. I definitely want to put energy into having it as more of a multifunctional creative space than just a salon. And that was always what I wanted. I wanted to have this hub of creativity where a lot of different businesses could come together, where I could have art shows or markets or women's circles and events. Yeah. All these different things that I was passionate about. I wanted that in the all you know ingrained in the brand. I guess I want to see it as more of a movement, um, more than anything. I don't know if I really want to grow it as a hair salon any more than what it is. Yeah. I love that it's honest and it's on a smaller scale and that we, you know, that I can control consistency and that it just, it, it's quite humble. Like I don't want it to be anything, you know, on a grand scale. So I'm not sure really. I'm just kind of going to play it out. I'd like to remove myself from doing the technical work because I've never really seen myself so much as the technician. I've never wanted to grow in the space of, you know, becoming one of Australia's best hairdressers or anything like that. That isn't really what's important to me. I really love creating brands and I hate it because it's a buzzword, I guess, being an entrepreneur, but I think I am actually quite good at coming up with concepts and being able to deliver on that and Mm -hmm. I'd love to kind of explore that space a bit more I don't know what that Mm -hmm. really looks like but I'm figuring it out without trying to put pressure on myself and I don't know yeah that's about it I'm sure whatever you do it's gonna look beautiful (laughs) thank you I just feel like I look at that salon and I'm like, it's so unfinished. There's so many things. Like I was saying to Blake before, yeah. like I'm just looking at all the pop, pot plants and the pots aren't matching. It's just my OCD. <laughs> I just, so there's heaps of stuff I have to like go in and clean up. Not noticeable. <laughs> all right, the thing that I really like that you've been doing a lot lately on your own Instagram is all of the, the business mm stuff that you've been sharing and and everything I found that really helpful because it's so down to earth and it's so approachable yeah um and it just kind of takes away the bullshit of you know some of the shit that you can see out there yeah yeah definitely oh no of course I mean I love doing that and I love kind of sharing my knowledge and my experience my personal Instagram account is really just I'm documenting my journey of running a business 
but also in sharing all of those things and sharing my knowledge, I am just trying to open up opportunities to myself. So I don't know, I've worked with, like I work with Rach on her brand. I work with my friend Rianne on hers, a couple of other hairdressers. Um, I've been a bit of a mentor for them. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying like dabbling in that space of doing like some coaching stuff. But more than anything, I just, I don't know, I just love kind of sharing my experience. So I'm yeah. glad you got something from it. Oh, I love it. That's so good. good. <laughs> it's just, yeah, and it's good for me. It's good to kind of grow in that space of just being able to talk on camera and yeah articulate myself but (laughs) it's it's a bit scary so it's um yeah good practice it is good practice well I think you do really well thank you (laughs) that means we're on to our last question all right well we've kind of covered this a little bit but is there any daily rituals or non-negotiables that we kind of haven't already spoken about for you I think it is just movement yeah, getting up and exercising black coffee in the mornings. That is my favorite thing. <laughs> Music and yeah, just making time for all those little self-care things. I actually think they are non-negotiables for me. And just being um a bit selfish with my time, I suppose. Like I'm really picky of where I put my energy nowadays. My time is so precious. So just protecting that and making time for myself. And I just, I guess I no longer feel like I have to say yes to everything. So just making sure I check in with me first before I give myself to somebody else or, you know, agree to kind of like go to a dinner party or something. Like sometimes I just want to sit at home and drink wine by myself. That sounds depressing, but (laughs) it's like my favorite thing to do. I love it. Um, That's good though. Yeah. It's important to like your own company, I think. Yeah. And then probably reading actually. I read. Yes, you do read so much. You always share so many things. I'm like, oh, that's like a nice thing to read one day. <laughs> yeah. oh, you'd be so busy. You've got a kid. Oh, I've never been a good reader. I like to read, but I just, I kind of read a book or maybe two and then I'm done for about four months. Yeah. And then I might pick something up. That's again. fine. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, I'm not always consistent with it. Definitely not. Especially when I started, actually, when I started building the business, I stopped reading as much and kind of hated that so it's nice that it's kind of built up enough now that I can remove myself and I have that space yeah to read again because it's like it's my way to just escape the world and I sleep so well when I read yeah if I don't read at a night time I'll have a shit sleep it's just it's what happens <laughs> yeah oh, that's, well I think there's a question I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question next it's not technically the next question but um what's one book you think we should all read um I love there's a book called The Road Less Traveled by he was an American psychiatrist Scott Peck and it was published in the late 70s I love it it's an exploration of personal growth uh, spirituality and he kind of goes in and talks about obviously like the psychology of humans but I just think it's really profound and I think it's amazing he talks about how depression stems from our inability to deal with problems or not so much our inability but if we're kind of ignoring you know what's happening and that that only makes the situation worse by ignoring you know what's kind of happening so he breaks down I guess 
how to go about dealing with these problems and how to see your depression and anxiety in a different light. Yeah. Because, you know, we are not our depression. We're just experiencing depression. Yeah. And he talks about love. Like I love, I love his take on what the meaning of love is and what that looks like because it actually is completely selfless. It's not about having to attach yourself to someone or to get something out of someone it doesn't have that dependency, so to speak. Like yeah. he's just got some really great ideas. I'd recommend it to anyone. Yeah, it sounds lovely. Kind of shifted it. my way of thinking. It's it's wordy and it's pretty dense. Um, I gave it to my dad recently <laughs> and I like underlined all these like sections I wanted him to read and tabbed it all. <laughs> he's just like, I can't read it. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, oh, I just can't get into it. And it's like, you're not ready the lesson who knows this is like you are such a bitch <laughs> but I think it's amazing I um when I moved to London I was I forgot to take it with me I think I took like five books over which I'm just always carrying books I was like why did I do this I was backpacking for a while way to way down my backpack anyway didn't take that book and I was having such a crap time. And when my best friend came to visit me, Tara, she didn't tell me, but she she went out to my parents' house and got the book and brought it over for me. Oh. And when I saw her at Heathrow, I just, like, cried. I was like, how did you know I needed this? And she's like, she calls me Francine. She's, like, giving me a nickname. She was just like, oh, Francine, I knew you needed it. <laughs> it like, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's such a good book read it everyone yes okay good that sounds like a great or just go on goodreads and read the quotes if you can't read the book (laughs) just write them down oh goodreads is so good goodreads is great yeah where is the best place you've ever been oh my god um wow i don't know i feel like everywhere i've been has been so incredible for so many different reasons and has taught me something you know i've just gained something from every every place I can't yeah, think of a that's okay a perfect one. I love Istanbul in Turkey yeah um definitely my favorite city that I've ever been to I think it's just colorful and vibrant Turkish people are just amazing I love that they are mystic mystics I feel like I just feel really at home there. Um, but they're so creative. There's so much music. They're so artistic. I love the opulence of like the Ottoman Empire and that it's on the Bosphorus. And there's something magic about that city. Yeah. It is the East and it is the West. And it's just such a fusion of so many different cultures. It's where two continents, you know, meet. It's pretty incredible. I think that definitely has to be a favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds incredible. It's, yeah. Blake always tells me he wants to take me to Turkey. Oh, yeah. Turkey is, I feel like I will always go back to Turkey. You know how people always want to stop over in like New York or London? I'll just want to stop over in Istanbul. And I feel like I definitely want to live in Istanbul at mm. some point. It's awesome. That would be Oh, amazing. my gosh. It's incredible. Especially there's an area um, around the Galata Tower. I think it's Beolu or something. Probably not pronouncing it right. But it's such a creative hub and it's just incredible. Just like cobblestone roads and old, old dilapidated buildings that have just been taken over by artists or there's graffiti, every, you know, street art everywhere. 
just like winding streets and record shops and bookstores and oh, wow. I just feel very happy there yeah <laughs> I, just, I just I love it so much um it sounds incredible yeah it's a very cool city so I think that's my favorite yeah Nice. Yeah. That's a great answer. Uh, what's a song, album, or podcast you're currently loving? Oh, my gosh. What a <laughs> question. You know when you've just, like, exhausted an album yeah. from listening to it so many times and then you rediscover it again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've started listening to a lot of, like, Etta James and um, Nina Simone. Oh, lovely. Again, which is so beautiful. And anyone that, like, knows me well knows I, like, have always listened to, like, a lot of Billie Holiday and stuff. But just going back to that sort of music at the moment is so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Just those soulful female voices. Yeah. Something so powerful about it. Also, um, I started listening to Edith Piaf again, which has been really, really nice. I, like, was telling my housemate about her the other day and made her watch La Vie and Rose with me and then she was like oh my god I can't stop playing Edith Piaf at the cafe (laughs) it's just all in French and it's just like wailing and everyone there is just like what the fuck is it (laughs) (laughs) Mickey's put you on to weird music again but I I think that and then podcasts I don't know I've been listening to yours (laughs) and what else I listen to startup creative quite a bit by Kayleen Langford. She founded um, Startup Creative Magazine and she's a business coach. So yeah. I find a lot of her podcasts really interesting. Most of the time with podcasts, I am listening to like business yeah. ones. So it's a bit boring. <laughs> they're they're good. good <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us need business podcasts to listen to. I listen to lots of health ones mostly. Nice. So I listen to, like, FX Medicine is probably the one that I listen to all the time. FX it's, Medicine. It, it's made by Biocyticals, which is a supplement company. Oh, yes. The host, Andrew Whitfield-Cook, he interviews a whole bunch of people, but because, of course, I'm in that industry, he's interviewed, like, heaps of my lecturers and heaps oh, really? of the people I've studied with and yeah, stuff. So right. I'm always listening to it. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. It's a great way to educate yourself. Everything I've learned, like, business and social media and marketing and and leadership there's another one I think it's like no bullshit leading or or something but I've learned so much through podcasts yeah even if it's stuff you already know it just like brings it out and you're like right yes that's what I've got to do today so yeah yeah they're the best I love it too because it's like they sometimes they'll word things in a way that you like heard it a million times but all of a sudden it clicks yeah 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 like yes I can make sense of that now yeah Yeah, absolutely What's something you haven't done but would love to try? Go to university. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what on earth it is that I would do or just some sort of study in a different field. So I'm trying to work out what that might be. Yeah. I think that will be what comes next. Like once I set up my business in a way that I can remove myself from it a bit more, I think I will delve into something else just to explore it. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's nice. We'll see. <laughs> I'm interested to see what you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, who knows? Oh, uni's great, though. Like, the thing that I don't think most people understand is that uni teaches you how to learn in a way that you mm. never have before. Yeah. Because, like, you have to learn the disciplines of, like, referencing and all that sort of stuff. But once you've got the degree, 
you now have this a way to get information that you never would have been able to really understand how to get before. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, at least that's the way I see it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. This podcast is about living authentically and taking accountability for your feelings, your actions, and your mindset. Can you share one habit, negative self-talk, programmed reaction, or mindset that has been a challenge to your growth? I guess just not believing I'm capable and that shows up all of the time or just believing that, you know, something is too much and that I can't handle it. Yeah. So whenever I feel quite stressed or whenever I don't understand anything, you know, when there are challenges within having a business, I guess just that negative self-talk that imposter syndrome yeah I mean, people are kind of talking about that a lot at the moment but it is something that shows up a lot especially for women so yeah just trying to feel my way through that I suppose and and learning how to to handle that when that shows up I think when it does too it's more just an indication that I need to take some time out and I need to rest yeah. because tomorrow's a new day and I can handle it and when I'm in a good headspace I feel I guess unstoppable in a way I don't know if that's a good feeling like maybe that's a great feeling (laughs) (laughs) yeah but I I don't know I feel like there's definitely it's a has a swinging effect you know like (laughs) most of the time I'm operating up in that area in that space but then you know you can feel totally just incapable of, of so much and it can just be a bit unrealistic and you just kind of need to rest and to step away and not think about it and then tomorrow's a new day and I always feel better so that's probably what shows up the most and yeah that's how I deal with it I don't know it works for me that's good so yeah yeah no I get that all the time yeah. it's just like sometimes who you are in that moment is just not you know it's not it's you're not going to get something done and it's not productive so you just need to allow yourself to have that downtime you yeah. just need to to step away and it happens when I'm in the salon all the time and I'll just say to the girls I am so transparent and actually a friend or a family friend of mine was there and she like saw it when I and I said like I just need to go home I need some time out like I'll see you guys tomorrow and then she mentioned to me oh I don't know if you should be showing that side of you to your team and I just thought well thank you for your opinion which I did not ask for but also, like, <laughs> I think it's it's good that I am honest about these things. And I, I, the girls know that I'm only human and they have such a great respect for me and I have, so, you know, so much respect for them. I just let them know when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I'm just like, I'll be here tomorrow and yeah. I'll be what you need me to be and I'll be the leader. But today I just need some time out. Yeah. So I think that's really good and I think that that's, the shift that's happening with younger businesses and younger business owners as mm. well is that we're like we're all there for the the vulnerability and the authenticity and like the fake stuff is dropping away I'm absolutely finding. it's really really exciting and I was actually having this discussion like this conversation with my friend Sarah Miller who owned um Kiss the Berry and she was saying you know when she decided to close kiss the berry she felt like a great sense of like she felt defeated in it in a way and she felt really crap about that because no one talks about their hardships in business yeah and you know it can seem like everyone's killing it and and you're the only one that's suffering but at the end of the day everyone's kind of faking it 
yeah. to make it. And I think that that way of functioning is really kind of going out the window now. Like things are definitely changing, which is is really, really cool. And through my personal social media account, I guess that's why I do want to share so much. And at times it could seem like I'm melting down and I don't have it together. And if that's the way people perceive me, then that's fine. I don't really give a shit because all I'm doing is just giving an honest account of what it is that I'm going through because I think it's so important for people to see the other side. It is really tough having a business and um, it's so expensive. I think people just think like, oh, my God, you're killing it. Like you must be earning so much and my expenses are huge. (laughs) I'm, I'm, you know, it's fine. I've got control over it, but it's not. God, it takes so long. And honestly, like the bigger you become, the higher your expenses are. Yeah. It's not necessarily a reflection of what's going into your bank account. So. Yeah, it's cool to be more authentic and to show up and just to share that and sharing it with your team so that they know that you're human. And I actually had a joke one day, one of my good friends was up from Melbourne and what'd she say? She was in the salon and she made a joke about me at one of my old jobs in front of Erica, you know, my Erica. (laughs) And, And she was like, oh shit, sorry, like shouldn't say that about the boss. And I was like, no, it makes me relatable and approachable. Like I'm real. Like I have, yeah, I've, That's good. I've fucked up in the past. I tell the girls that all the time. Like yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I'm just like I'm human. I don't know, we all, we all make mistakes. So yeah. you just got to own it. Yeah. 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 It, it's true though. Like I, I've always been told that I'm an oversharer, but I also get told that, I'm very authentic and I'm like, well, hmm. it's probably because I'm an overshare. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I don't care so And people much. don't have to take it on. Like if no. it's not for you, they don't have to, you know, if it's on social media, they don't have to follow you or if it's in conversation, then they don't have to, to have that kind of conversation with you. And I feel like I'll always read the room and I'll, yeah, you know, you're always aware of who you're kind of sharing with. But I don't know. I, I think it's great. I think we need to know ourselves. I think so too. Down to our core, like all of our bad sides and our good, like that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. We all, so many people pretend they're something else. I I don't know, just are afraid of, of being their true selves. Yeah. And that hiding away thing that has been the norm for what centuries now, like mm-hmm. it hasn't exactly done a service to anybody. No. Like there's so many injustices in the world, mostly because people hide crap from mm-hmm. each other. And I think it's all important and necessary and very of this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, whenever someone is doing that, I mean, it, it is just coming from a place of insecurity, isn't it? Because it yeah. is just wanting to have that control, whether it's over themselves or another person or just how other people are, you know, going to perceive them. So I think you look much stronger and like you've got it more together when you you can share yeah your hardships a bit so yeah I'm all about it me too well that brings me to my last question yes what does living an authentic life mean to you (laughs) it's a big question (laughs) Um, yeah I've got to hit you with the big one yeah (laughs) I mean it is just about living true to yourself and and what it is that makes you happy and living fearlessly you know, not being concerned about what other people may think or feeling like you have to live in such a way just because society expects it of you. I do think of myself as being, you know, quite different to, 
you know, some of my friends and what they're doing in their lives. And I think you just have to go with what feels right for you. I think I've always felt like I don't have it together or that there's something wrong with me because I haven't wanted to do things like everyone else does them, I I guess. And I'm not sure you know, if I want to get married or have kids and there's, there's all these things. And I think you can feel so much pressure around that. But for me, it's just about having the courage to, to live as, you know, in a way that feels right and natural for you. Yeah. So that was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, did that make any sense? (laughs) Yeah, it did. I loved it. And I relate to it a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I just think, I think, um, so many people actually feel the same way, which is interesting, but people don't talk about it. I guess it kind yeah. of carries on from our last question. Women come into the salon and I feel like I'll start having a conversation with them and then they were supposed to come in for like a long laid haircut and now we're cutting in like a mullet and they're going home to break up with their boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I am a... Uh... A bad or a good influence I'm not sure but sometimes people just leave and they're like yeah fuck yeah why do I have to live like that I just think we get um you just forget sometimes so it is just about checking in with yourself and yeah. really taking notice feeling into your body and, and being present with yourself so yeah well thank you so much thanks for, for having this. me it was so I wonderful having you here hope it kind of made sense I don't even know it made sense <laughs> I was here listening. It was making sense. Good. Don't worry. Oh, um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, where can everybody find you? So you can find me at Mickey Old Hair on Instagram or Mickey Old, so M-I-K-K-I-A-U-L-D. That's probably the better one to contact me on because I ignore most people on Mickey Old Hair at the moment. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I feel like I don't have the time at the moment so contact me on the other Can't one can't imagine yeah. why <laughs> yeah. you can find me there no one else has my name in the world i don't think it's pretty good but at least they're not on instagram so i'm easy to find too many people have my name and i'm really upset about it because yeah. i want miranda partridge but i can't have it it's so, so it's, it's the miranda same Smallness. yeah it's the same with rach go fucking rach the whole time but like <laughs> so many rachel whites I'm like we need to give you another name like yeah. stage name or something <laughs> that's true yeah um um yeah and when is her event again with you at sundown rachel's event is on sunday the 19th of july at 4 p.m and you can head or if you go to my personal account mickey old on instagram and click through to the link it will take you to tickets Thank you, honey. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> it was really good. Oh, I loved it. If you liked this podcast, please share it with someone you love. Take a screenshot and put it in your stories or review and rate the podcast on iTunes to help new listeners find it. You can follow me at Miranda's Wellness or at An Authentic Life Podcast on Instagram and work with me at www.mirandaswellness.com.au. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions and nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent 
with any medical condition. Neither Miranda Partridge or any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.